0: So that's like that's the only thing with the routines i try and do it that way because like i, I want to make i just want to be like i'm trying to rep us wedding dj you know what i mean like go yo, fuck you us wedding dj's can be dope too bro i don't look at shit go fuck yourself come see me you know oh you're cool you do your clubs you know <laughs> we make welcome to the much. re and friends podcast a red max events audio experience hosted by brandon havrilla owner of red max events Thank you for checking out our podcast where we bring in event industry professionals to discuss current events, share their knowledge, and explore ideas. Follow Brandon Havrilla on his entrepreneurial journey on Instagram at Brandon Havrilla, and see what Red Max Events is up to by following at Red Max underscore events. And now, it's the episode you've all been waiting for.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the RE and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Havrilla. Today I have a special guest, Nick Spinelli with me. Nick, how are you doing? Good, how you doing? Thanks for having me, man. Good, no, my pleasure. Um, Excellent to have you on here, and I think it's fitting we're gonna talk a little bit about music organization. You've been putting out a lot. Uh, I know both YouTube videos on music organization, you put out some of your crates and playlists, so we'll dive into that. Um, And just a side note, you put out, what is it, history of the La La La's recently? Yeah, I started a whole history of kind of, I don't know, series or whatever. I <laughs> right. did,
0: that was the, my second La La La. I did na na na. I did, uh, what else did I fucking, I forget.
1: I did a bunch, like I did like six so far. They're awesome, yeah. So I'll have to link to those down below because I think if any of the listeners haven't heard those yet, they got to check those out. So Nick, if you want to just tell us a little bit, um, you know, who you work for, where you're based out of.
0: Yeah, so I uh, work for SE Event Group. We're based out of West Long Branch, New Jersey. Um, I am full-time for them. I do like, I don't know, 90, 100 weddings a year for them. I do club stuff too. So like Atlantic City, Jersey Shore, mostly some
1: Philly stuff. And, uh, I make, uh, I make videos on YouTube. (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. And so you're, you guys mainly do weddings. You just do weddings or do you do a little bit of everything? So we're like, as a company, we're about 70% weddings and 30%, you know,
0: corporate and, you know, a few select, I guess, Sweet Sixteens and proms here and there. But that's not like, you know, really what we do too much of. Right. But yeah, sure. m- large majority weddings. I'm like for
1: them, I'm pretty much 99% weddings. It's like all I do for them personally. Gotcha. Awesome. So I guess it's fitting that we'll get into to music selection. And I guess, you know, with that said, most of your, your crates and layout is probably based off of, uh, you know, the typical wedding timeline and format, right? Uh, Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But like deep, real deep. Okay. And what do you mean by that? Uh, like like detailed and, yeah, and like broken so, down. Yeah, like I mean, I broke as far as like
0: wedding format and timeline. Like I guess I have like a cocktail crate system, a dinner crate system, and a dancing crate system. You know, so that's right. like pretty kind of simple. But like in those, I like have deep subgenres and you know a lot of different things I can do
1: with like in each. You know. For sure. Yeah. And so I guess, we'll let's start from the very like beginning in terms of, of music um, organization and stuff. And I guess the first thing, if you're going to have music is to store it somewhere. Um, so where do you store your music? Do you store it on the computer itself or do you use an external hard drive? I use an external, but I won't, um, I will say that like I one day would like to
0: use you know, one of the internal like SSDs, Uh, I think that's probably the best way, especially with Serato, you know, but uh, right now I kind of use an external because I have a lot of stuff. So I'm still at like 1.4 terabytes or something like that. So
1: yeah. And the the internal ones get expensive. I know I just picked up one of the new MacBooks and I put a two terabyte in it, but to jump from like a two terabyte to a four terabyte was like an additional thousand dollars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) I was like, no thanks. I was like, (laughs) I'll get an external for 150 bucks, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So That's crazy. So cool. So, and then on your external, so I store on a, on a Lacey external as well. Um, so I was curious to see how you kind of lay it out and what you store your, like, do all your crates translate to folders on the external or how do you organize your music on the external? So what I did was, is I have my organize my music's organized on the external
0: based on, like, kind of where I got it. Like, so the actual files are kind of, like, where I got it. You know, I have, like, a BPM Supremes folder, a DJ right. City folder. I have a DMS folder, like, kind of organized into, like, decades and stuff like that. And, you know, everything promo-only, things like that. What I did to organize my actual music is I organized it all in Serato and... Once I built my base crate system, I have tons of crates, like, like, like for every type of, not just weddings, you know, obviously bars and clubs and sweet 16s and proms and, Mm -hmm. you know, like all offbeat situations, you know, things like that. But like I organized all that within Serato and then what you could do with Serato is I basically made the folders... And, uh, you can take all the music on Serato and drag it into a folder just like on the desktop and then it puts all that music on the folder. So I did that to kind of back it all up and I have it as a physical file, like Nick's crates and I put it on all my backups, everything too. So like I have it organized just like I have in Serato on, in an actual crate system
1: more as like kind of like a backup, but, um, but yeah, I, I did all my organizing on Serato. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I do the same and I used to, um, when I first started, I was using like Virtual DJ and stuff, so I was running uh, through iTunes because iTunes playlists and stuff translated very easily. Um, yeah, and I got fed up with the iTunes system pretty quickly, and uh, it kept I realized it, it I was a too. lot of yeah. lot of uh, like extra work to to organize in there. I'd rather just when all I do is really DJ, I just you know organize all my music in Serato, and then all my for fun or like leisure music that I listen to is just in Spotify, you know, playlists on my phone. So I didn't really have a need to. Create playlists in iTunes and translate them to my phone or anything like that. Well, yeah, and a lot of people would uh, say, you know, like,
0: dude, like, you know, you're just doing it on Serato. Like, that's the hard. You gotta, you know, there's ways, there's apps where you could just organize it by like genre and you're good. But like, that's not what I, when I built my crates, I individually selected each and every song. Like, I personally love this song. This has this type of sound. I'm gonna put it in this type of sound crate. You right, know what I mean? Right. And, and I did it detailed like that, hand by hand. So my crates, are like, there's no fluff in my crates. Like, like lot, most of my crates are 20, 30, maybe 40 songs tops, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whereas, like, I feel like a lot of people do their crates, and they just put all their 80s music in one crate, you know? Right. Or all their 80s hip-hop in one crate. You're not gonna play all of 80s hip-hop, you know? You, like, I selected the best, you know what I mean? And, and really hand, so that's why it was easier to kind of do in Serato, because, like, you know, you figure out which ones you
1: play and what versions you like, and you hand, you know, so. Right, yeah, and for sure. And that's the other thing, so I've been... Um, I mean, I, I run more of a production company, so, um, I, I do all of our social media. I do, you know, everything, YouTube videos and stuff like that. So my time, and there's only so many hours in the day fills up pretty quickly. Uh, so music has been pushed to like the back burner for me. Um, but with the current situation, you know, I've had a little more time on my hands to uh, to work on that type of stuff. So I've been spending some time getting rid of duplicates and and like organizing my music. And I found that, you know, Serato is a really easy way to do that. Like you said, if you do have duplicates or remixes and versions, because you could put the play counter on there and see which ones you've actually played more. Um, and that will yeah, you know kind of help you put them in crates. Another cool thing, too, is uh, I've been getting into Serato Flip. And
0: uh, with Serato Flip, you can set – you can basically make custom edits out of these songs and save this metadata so it's not saved like as another file. So you basically like use Flip and it, and it uses its technology to jump to certain cue points so you can like skip a verse or oh, you wow. know, go directly to a chorus and things like that. And so I did that with – And I'm still working on it, but, like, I did it with the majority of the songs that I play all the time, but, like, I might want to just, like, play a short version of, you know, or might want to jump to, you know, I might want to jump to the Cardi verse at the end, that sort of thing. And when I was able to do that, then I deleted all my short edits. So I didn't have to have all – I just have the original songs, and I just have flips on them. And when you load the song, your first flip will automatically – um turn on, you know, and then it's on. You, you have the option to turn it off or whatever, but like if it's how you normally play the song, you know, it's just automatically on and then that's it. You don't have to have short ads anymore. So like I literally saved like a lot of space that way too. So Serato's, I don't know. Wow. Serato's better
1: than virtual <clears throat> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um no, yeah, that's cool. You know? no, I haven't messed with uh I haven't messed with that yet. I actually I, I feel like I've seen that name around on their site or with the recent update and stuff, but I haven't messed with that too much. Um like I said the music hasn't been on the forefront for me until recently but um that yeah, sounds shout really out cool. to dj fly he actually showed me all that stuff he like blew my mind yeah that's awesome so. interesting very helpful well cool so i know you wanted to dive into um like your crate system and everything and i know you just put out that youtube series as well so i'll link to that in the description of this podcast but um what you kind of want to start off with or dive into in terms of the crates well, I
0: basically made my crate system because, you know, I, I'm 31 and I've been DJing since I was 15. I started young and, you know, being a young wedding DJ, you know, I was doing weddings when I was like 17, 18, 19, you know, I would lose a lot of jobs and, you know, didn't book as many as I could have because of my age. Because people were intimidated. You know, that this—he's mm-hmm. a young kid. Like, what does he know about music that my grandparents would like? You know, or anybody else. And that, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, you, you, it's not often you're going to trust a 19-year-old kid with a wedding where you have a wide variety of people. You need to know like a lot of. You know what I mean? Like that takes That's a lot so. of music knowledge and stuff. And and that and for that reason. There's not a lot of young DJs out there that do weddings regularly, you know. There, there is more, I guess, you know now, but like generally speaking, you know, your average wedding DJ is like a little older, probably middle age or whatever. Right. So I had a, I had a, I struggled with that, you know, like I wanted, obviously, I knew a good amount of music and I wanted to learn more, but then I also wanted to kind of prove these people wrong, you know, and like you know, like I can, <laughs> I can do it, I can do it, yep. and that's when I started developing my crate systems. So from that, I you know, I, you know, I was just basically fuck these people. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make the craziest crates and I'm going to, so I can bust out songs. They're just like, yeah, how does this kid know this? How does this kid right. know this? Like, you know, and that's when I started. And then just started with, you know, I basically mirrored a crate system after kind of how I think of music, you know? So like, I started with like oldies and my runaround sous sets and I put all that in a crate and then I, Started with like disco and like all my 70s stuff. Put that in a crate, and then I started with eighties and the nineties, and I and then evolved, you know, into like the different hip hop, and then and then from there, I decided to make more like subgenre folders. I was like, all right, well, I'll do like a white girl folder for dancing, you know, the, the all the white girl music, the 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 Miley Cyrus and the and the Spice Girls and all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. for dinner and stuff. I was like, well, I really want to, and that's like a whole another thing. So like so, all right, so like I said, I have cocktail hour, dinner, and dancing. Dancing is explanatory, right? It's all my bangers that I use for dancing, all kind of organized in a way where I can kind of understand. And a couple things I did with dancing was, number one, I made a crate full of dance floor starters, which is basically the songs that I start a dance floor with. Like, you know you know how, like, the first dance, like, at a wedding, let's say you you do a slow song, you invite everybody on the dance floor, and then that first song you play, right? Like, Mm -hmm. to get them dancing. Most people play, what, Uptown Funk, like, September. Like, I... (laughs) decided like i i figured it my my sets went into different directions if i started with a different song right, right? you're gonna go into a different direction if you start in a 70 bpm rather than 100 or 120 or whatever you know so like i made a list i there's got to be like 20 something songs in there that all work to start your dance floor with like you right. know what i mean and that's what i pull from so every wedding every dance set i start my shit with like a new song or a new song that i did last week and it t- took my sets in different directions you know Then from there, I just had detailed crates of just like every kind of like subgenre wherever I gotta go, whoever's in front of me, you know what I mean, where I can play for it, and I I never have to think like, oh, what was that song, you know? Because I'm kind of a firm believer that if you mix off the top of your head, you're gonna be limited, you know, unless you're Mm -hmm. some type of genius, like you're gonna be limited. You know, you can't remember every single song ever, you know what I mean? So like, as I mix off top my head. Things would get stale, you know, I kind of I you kind of mix with what you're comfortable with, what you know works, what comes to your mind, you know, I made these crate systems and I mix off the crates, so then, like, if I'm in one vibe, I'm like, oh, this is going to work, I can go to a certain crate and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, never run out of music to play, never think about, like, what I have to play next, or what's the name of that song, I can't think of a song, I'm, like, Google and lyrics and shit, you know, like, never have to worry about any of that, so that's why I made the dancing crate, I and mean, all my crates in general, um, dinner, I take really
1: seriously, Um, cut me off at any time too, Brandon. (laughs) No, you're good. I mean, well, just to, just to piggyback off that too. I mean, we, so I do a lot of photo booth rentals and, and other rentals and stuff too, where we come into the job and there's another DJ that they hired externally to do the event. Um, and you know, I'm personally very big on beat matching and actually mixing per se which i think you know is very important um granted there's some times in a wedding where you do have to switch from 128 to you know 60 and all you could do is have the mc get people to make noise and then you just drop it in and and that you know kind of works in certain circumstances but for the most part i think mixing and beat matching and stuff is very important um but with that said i you know i've been to a lot of parties here where they hire these other DJs because they were cheaper or whatever, and they don't beat match. They don't mix. They just, they're moving the volume faders up and down and whatever. And they still love them. Everyone's out on the dance floor and everything like that. And it's almost like an eye opener that, you know, music selection is very important. Um, and sometimes you could, you know, be a very good mixer or know how to beat match. But if you don't have the music selection right or the right songs, um, it, it might not, you know, you might not perform as well. And uh, I think that kind of ties into the crates too. Like you said, just having the the right crates so that you can pull through and be like, oh, yeah, this would be good. Oh, yeah, this would be good. You know? 100%. Like Jazzy Jeff said something a while back that kind of stuck with me.
0: I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I forget what, exactly what he said, but he said something to the fact that, like, you know, like skills are great, right? You know, like mixing, scratching, like that's all really dope but i judge a dj on his song selection like that Mm. really shows me what like like that's what I judge a DJ on. Like, what are you playing? Are you playing the same old records that everybody else plays, or are you like switching it up? Are you doing something different? Like, that's what I look for in a good DJ, and that like stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, that's like really facts. Like, because like that kind of sure. I, I I'm big on skills too. Like, I'm big like I'm big on like just you know I think mixing super important. I think you know what I mean. Like, if you're not into scratching, that's fine. You know, I right. got into that, but like whatever. But like you know, but yeah, song selection is everything. It really is, and like it's yeah. something that like takes it take. That's what takes. You can sit in your bedroom and chirp over and over again for a week straight and you're gonna get chirping down. Like scratching and stuff is just about repetition, About it's just about listening right. to yourself suck over and over again <laughs> until all of a sudden, holy shit, I got it, this is it, this is it, right? Like that's what scratching is, it's just practice. So anybody can learn how to scratch within a matter of weeks and within a year you can be a disgusting scratcher. Right. Same thing with mixing, these are all physical skills that you learn that you can teach yourself fairly quickly. Music takes years, music takes years of experience and parties of playing this, playing that, does this work? Does this not work? You know what I mean? Right. And that's why, like, my crate system is so valuable because, like, it's just literally 10 years of me just, like, figuring out what works and what doesn't work and organize it in a way that makes sense. And and you know what I mean? Like,
1: that's, like, what really takes, like, that's where the experience comes in as a DJ. For sure. And I think, I mean, I don't know how you're, how the market is in, in Jersey. We do very limited there. But in New York and Long Island here, we, um, you know... I the maitre d's and the MC's and we all work together, but there is a lot of last minute changes and, Oh, you know, Hey, oh, we're yeah. doing bouquet and garter now. So, okay. So great. So I load the bouquet song and then, Oh my gosh, the bride had to run up and, you know, put the bouquet on cause she forgot it or whatever, you know, or put the garter on, sorry, because she forgot it. So, um, there's a lot of last minute changes and I think, Having these crates laid out, like you said, too, and just being able to quickly go to a background crate or go to a dance set crate if the major D comes out and goes, hey, dance for five more minutes. Our food's not ready. Um, I think it's very key to just be able to open up that dance floor starters crate and just grab any song and you know it will work kind of thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ready for any situation. And then, like, I put the same amount of type A organizational efforts into my dinner crates. Um, I don't know about you, but, like, I mix I mix through dinner. Um, always like I keep okay. mixing all through dinner yep. I'll like I eat you know what I mean like I'll get I try and get my dinner like at my setup you know and I'll take a right. bite and then keep mixing take a bite keep mixing but I think like dinner is like a huge opportunity that like a lot of wedding DJs miss because it's like you kind of got to look at it like it's your opening set right yeah. you know like yeah, it it people you know come in yeah, it just sets the mood for us tonight. Like if you mix dinner the right way, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for later. Like my goal in every wedding at every wedding, like in these situations is to kind of like have people vibing so much during dinner and cocktail hour where like they have an extra drink, you know, right. like they they drink that you know, like you ever like you're at a bar you know and you're chilling and and it's just like you're having such a great time and just whatever and you end up having like one or two more drinks than you were planning on having like that's what i want every wedding guest to do you know right. and, and just loosen up and i think music everybody we all know everyone's how many times everybody say the music's so powerful like it is though like you know what i mean that's what it like for sure you know i mean it, it sounds like a cliche but like it really is and that's what you can use music to do that and i think if you mix dinner the right way and like really program it and I mix dinner for the same re- reason why I mix dancing you know you beat mix and you the timing and the programming and all that that's kind of how exactly how I handle dinner so people vibe so people like eventually you know even dance organically you know and I actually right. have like a I do a video like I did a video where like how I do it where you know mo- like I try with every wedding it works like 60% of the time I would say you know because every crowd's different but like where you do the music right like tail end of dinner people just start dancing and then you slowly yep. get into the yep. more and upbeat
1: stuff up. and then yeah and then people start dancing without having to say a word you know for sure so yeah we don't i mean me personally and a lot of the djs i've worked with are seen too um we don't normally do that i don't think that's a, a practice thing like you mentioned to a lot of djs don't and they miss that opportunity um and it's a very good point to take advantage of. Um, I mean i do like we don't step out of the room completely we i usually do leave myself or somebody there to physically pick the songs and and change them and you know set that mood like you said but we don't mm-hmm. usually beat mix and and work through dinner in that respect um but i think that's a very interesting point and it just brings value to you as a dj and and the company itself and it's also a great selling point to your couples because i talk about this
0: like to my couples i say like listen you know you book me to DJ, I'm going to DJ every step of the way. And this is why. And I tell them that like, you know, I want your guests to have that one extra drink and loosen up and have a great time at your wedding. Like, that's my goal. And I tell them that like, if you book me to DJ, you're not going to get Spotify or virtual D or any program mixing for me. Like I will mix like, mm-hmm. like, like dinner the whole way through. I will mix dancing. You're going to get me to DJ cocktail hour. If cocktail hour happens to be in a separate room, which a lot of times like on the East coast it is, yeah. you know, I make a mix for them. So like ahead of time, You know, let me know what kind of vibe you want, and I mix it ahead of time, and I just put on the hour-long mix, and it's still me mixing, it's still me programming, mixing, making it flow right. And I think that's important. That's what you get, and it's a huge selling point. It's like it it just shows you know that like you're 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 looking because like not a lot of DJs say that, not a lot of DJs talk about that stuff. You know what I mean? Most DJs, you know, we'll we'll get we're interactive, we're gonna get you're gonna get we're gonna pack your dance floor. You know what I mean? Like, but how how are you gonna pack our dance floor? You know? Right. And I'm a big. You know, I've opened my mouth a lot about like line dances and interaction and how I think it's dying. And that's a whole nother conversation. But um, so that comes up to in meetings with couples, you know, they're like, hey, you know, well, you know, without, you know, cheesy gimmicks, because then because most of my couples don't want it. Right. That's just like my clientele. Right. But like without the cheesy gimmicks or the line dances or anything else, like how do you get people to dance? And I'm like. Well, it's all about setting the mood from the beginning, yeah, you know, you, you you DJ dinner the right way, people are going to be more ready to dance. And not to mention, if you're DJing, right, and you're mixing during dinner and you're watching the crowd, I'm watching what they're reacting to, too, you know, are they swaying to this song? Are they tapping their foot to this song, sing along, or are they not? And then that kind of makes me, you know, map out what I want to use for dancing later. Now I kind of, by the end of dinner, I kind of know what they're going to dance to, what I shouldn't do, you know, and I have a good shot of you know keep them on the dance floor by what they were swaying to during dinner you know so you kind of get like a you know
1: an extra look like it's almost like a handicap you know yeah definitely so yeah so you're talking about dinner crates a little bit you want to dive into a little more in terms of of what some of those crates are actually like titled or, or how you lay that out or what your different dinner genres are yeah, my dinner crates are crazy. Because I think a lot um, of people, I mean, I think a lot of DJs have one dinner crate or maybe two, and it's you know New York, New York, and Frank Sinatra and all that stuff. But um, I I've been on your and we'll do a quick plug too for your Sellify site where you're you know selling these crates that we're talking about. Um, so I don't know if you want to plug that or, or give any information about that. But I've purchased some of you know those crates myself uh, from oh, you. Thank you. So it's very um, cool to see those different dinner genres and some that are like. You know, I, I wouldn't have thought of playing during dinner, but the songs that are in there are, are perfect. Yeah,
0: thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, they all are available. Um, I basically put them all in PDF form, not the music, but like right. the the crate structure and detailed explanations of like why I came up with them and you know how I use them and everything else. You know, kind of like help some people out just to give you a baseline too. You know, of of you know somewhere to start, and then you can add your own stuff, subtract any stuff that you don't think will work from mine and in, in your For market sure. or whatever. Yeah. But, um, so my dinner crates are really, uh, really organized. I think I have like 17 and basically, um, with subgenres too. There's, so there's actually a little more, um, I have everything from, you know, first of all, I have a doors open crate. So like the doors open crate is when like the guests are being let into the ballroom. So if you're not in already in the ballroom for cocktail hour, depending on your market, You know, your cocktail is in a separate room. They bring everybody into the main ballroom for the main reception. The doors open crate is all, like, upbeat, like, music. But not, like, dancing bangers. Not, like, stuff that's going to, like, burn me for later. But just, you know, great upbeat music that I I play during that opening set, right? People are coming in. I want people to just be bopping their heads. You know, I've been to some weddings as a guest where, like, DJs just kind of play a slow jazz mix in the background while people are walking in. It's like, nah, like... Have people walk into a party? It's a right. party. they were already drinking a cocktail hour. Like they should be two stepping, sexy walking all the all the way to their tables. Like you know so. what I mean? Like create that vibe from the second they walk into the room. So like that's what that creates for. Um, and then I have a crate for like every situation. So like anything from like, you know, uh, I have a dinner freshness crate, right? Where it's like, if I want to freshen up my set, you know, it's a lot of songs I don't play often, you know, mostly are kind of like modern and stuff. And that's pretty deep, uh, acoustic covers, chill acoustic, you know, my classics, country, funky, hipster, you know, Motown. I have a crate just full of piano songs on my favorite piano songs. In case I just want to like do piano during dinner, you know, just right. a dumb idea I had. I have a TRL crate uh you know uh, it has all the TRL hits from like back in the like, late 90s early 2000s if I have like people in their 30s and stuff at the wedding I can go to that crate and like mm-hmm. play some of those bangers because that was like literally life back then you know <laughs> so that's something I kind of go to yep. um I got reggae you know for the weed smokers I got rockish you know I got um I did a dinner starters crate which is like I think it's like I don't know maybe 10 songs that like or six or something like that that I start dinner with Okay. And that's, like, the most perfect vibe to, like, once you say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, like, your, your main entree is now being served. Help yourself, whatever. Like, once you announce dinner and people sit down for dinner, it's just that first dinner song. Ah, yeah. Just that nice, like, sexy vibe, right? And then I build from there. Um, and then my favorite dinner crates out of all of them are my sing-along crates. And they're my go-to. I, I go to them a lot. Um, I have them organized by slow and, like, regular, right? So, like, the slow dinner long, the sing-along crates are, like, more ballads, and it's kind of, like, during dinner. So, like, a lot of couples – some couples are like, hey, you know what? Keep it upbeat all through dinner. You know, like just right. like not like, you know, bangers, but, you know, just <laughs> like beat. Like don't put us to sleep. Okay, no problem. Some couples are like, hey, listen, we want slow dinner music. No problem. So this create the slow sing-along is all like ballads and stuff, but it's just like stuff you can't help but singing. You know, like I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. That Celine Dion song. Like it's all coming back to me or uh – you know, I will do anything for love, or like any of that stuff, you know what I mean? Like all the cheesy, like, you know, uh, Endless Love, you know, where Adam Sandler ice skated on that one movie to the girl or whatever, and it was all cheesy, like Lionel Richie, but like people know that shit, you know? Shallow, that new song Lady Gaga, people know that shit, so like during dinner, as it starts, I'll play all those sing-along stuff, and people are swaying at their table, like still singing along, but it's still slow dinner music, so it's not like the old people are like, oh my god, what's he playing? The old people are feeling it too, you know? And then I slowly move into like my sing-along folder and that's got just more upbeat you know just you know come and get your love my girl you know uh, uh the fat bottom girls like just random songs from all different genres that like you drop and you can't help but kind of sing along and I picked the songs out accordingly obviously you read your crowd to what you want to play but like it's it just I it was so useful to me kind of to kind of pick out all the songs that like I can get different types of crowds to like sing along to mm-hmm. and use like during dinner because like that's how you get people vibing, you know what I mean? And like, and perfect example, like fat bottom girls, right? If I drop that during dinner and people are singing along, I know I can get away with a rock set later, you know? Because so yeah. like they're super white, you know, I drop fat bottom girls and they sing, all right, I'll do the rock song later. If I drop it and then nobody really gives a shit and say, like, all right, well then, you know, I'm not doing any rock later. Now I know, you know, and then that's another little ways I kind of like judge what my dancing sets are going to be and kind of, Put myself in the best position to like really you know know what to play that's what's
1: gonna work you know because every crowd's different so for sure and how often do you find like obviously you've put a lot of time and um strategy and, and thought into these crates like do you feel like you have it covered and do you normally work out of say all your dinner crates for every dinner set or how often do you find yourself thinking of something else or searching for something else outside of those crates My crates are always evolving, always, always, always. I do mix totally out of my
0: dinner crates, but I'm constantly thinking of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, When I come, um, it might be a song I heard on the radio, or a Shazam the song, or a song I heard in a mix. You know, like with all the Facebook Live going on now, or whatever. Like it might be another big way I've gotten a lot of songs is um, when I plan a wedding, I get the playlist from the couple. And every single wedding that I do, I take their entire playlist, whether it's 10 songs or 100 songs, I don't give a shit. I take the whole playlist and one by one, I look up every single song and I organize it in the list for their wedding. So I'll have the couple's name, Jim and Jenny or whatever. And then I'll have a dinner crate underneath, a dancing crate, a slow stuff crate, and then formalities, right? Mm-hmm. Formalities will be... You know, any of the formality stuff, first dance, all that shit. Dinner is... And then then the dinner, dancing, slow stuff, I go through their whole song list that they gave me, and then each song, unless they told me something different that they, you know, a specific thing to do with it, I go to each song and be like, all right, this song will be good for dinner, this song will be good for dancing, that song right. is a good slow song, and I organize it into those crates. As I'm organizing those crates, if I don't know the song... I'll listen to it, oh shit, I forgot about this, and I'll add it to my own crates. Right. So I built my crates a lot from couples. A lot of the songs in my crates, honestly, God, were requests that I got from couples. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot all about that song. Right. And then and then especially if I played at their wedding, it worked as wow. Like, And then I add it to my crates that way. So organizing and taking the time to actually plan for weddings, not like printing out a piece of paper and scratching <laughs> off the list. Like, you know, it's a little more time consuming, but you're gonna discover more music, and all the music's in front of me. So now, I can take those crates, and I can organize those crates by BPM, and legit mix right off of them, play all the requests. I virtually play all the requests, and again, I use it as a selling point. I tell my couples the exact same thing. Listen, when I plan your wedding, I literally go song by song. I organize into crates, and that's how I'm able to play all your requests. That's how I'm able to make every wedding different. You know, right. and like I really do take requests. Like I, I take them seriously because you you know how many times you you get a request from a couple, you think it's gonna bomb, and then it ends up being like the best song of the night. You know, so like yeah. I, so I th- and that's how I organize it, and I, I've evolved it that way. You know, so like I think that's huge. Like if anybody, if you're listening to this and you don't do that, I think like that's a huge opportunity because you know the couples are telling you what they want to hear. You know, like right. don't don't think you know better than them. Like. Like, you know, we do know better than them, but like they, but they'll give you gems. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, like they're, they're, you, they'll, yeah. there's, I discovered a lot of music through,
1: through my couples. So yeah, big time. No, I think that's very important. And the, to stress the fact too, that like you said, it, it's always evolving. You're never done you know even even an older crate a 60s or a 70s or something like that where the music's already out and discovered you know like obviously your new crates and your new hip-hop is there's new music coming out but even with the older ones where there's obviously not new 60s songs coming out it's still important that those crates are always evolving and you're you're adding and subtracting stuff from them you know dude there's 98 million songs that's that's what they estimated recently 98 million songs that have been
0: written and recorded in the world to date, 98 million. You think your 70's crate has every banger in there? There's no way. None of us will ever have every banger. It's impossible. So there's always something. I'm always listening for something different. You know what I mean? Because that's how you evolve. DJing to me starts to feel like a job when i'm playing the same stuff when i'm doing the same right. thing when i get into a routine as a dj when in the on the performance side as a performance if i get into any type of routine it feels like a job to me when i play a new song and it works like that's like the best feeling in the world
1: you know so like that's kind of what i go for For sure. And so we mentioned like a little bit with the the 70s. And I know, uh, one that I got from you was the 90s. So you want to talk a little bit about how you split up like those, those years and those genres? Because I know with 90s, you had like house and then hip hop. Yeah, so 90s, um, I, I split up 90s,
0: 2000s, and then like, you know, 2010s and stuff into sub-genres because I use those a lot because like, you know, our target market, like our the age of couples and like their friends and stuff. So yeah, 90s I did, 90s club, so all the 90s club sounds like, you know, what is love and like, you know, all that type of stuff um, to go down that road, show me love and all that. Um, and then 90s hip hop, you know, so you're, you know, mostly East Coast stuff, but you know, the, right. the, the, the all the hits. And then uh, 2000s, I did pop. Like a dance pop because 2000s has a lot of like you know Oh My God by Usher and like you know what I mean like those kind of tracks and then like obviously all the 2000s hip hop that we all play you know your Nelly and you know all that stuff and then um, with 2010s I did the same exact thing uh, but hip hop is mostly like trap in the 2010s and I kind of like hand picked all the songs like the trap songs that work at weddings you know if I have a younger ish crowd you know they're that more dialed into the music the last like five years or so a lot of DJs are scared of playing trap at weddings and uh, right. you know it works you just got to mix it the right way and then if your your crates are deep enough you know you you drop a song like you know you you drop a drake song that might kind of turn off some of the older guests i can easily dig into like an older crate that's also 70 bpm and then mix right out of it you know like 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 i'll go from drake to i'm so excited but i just can't ha-. and that song's dumb enough where the younger people will still sway to it they're like oh shit i heard this on like a viagra commercial you know what <laughs> i mean like and, and then they dance to it like right. it works like so you know that that's that's another reason to have these like crates where you can like squeeze in the stuff you know and still kind of make everybody happy and truly be open format but like not
1: like just playing to one crowd and like scaring the other crowd you know for sure but, uh now i know but, we're uh, running yeah. short on time here because we gotta head out but um Quickly, do you find yourself doing mostly weddings? Do you find that in the New Jersey and East Coast market that um, you're mixing in like remixes and acapellas and instrumentals and having fun on that side? Or do you try and stick mostly to the originals? I do stick mostly to the originals, but um,
0: uh, I do mix like acapellas and instrumentals. If I mash up stuff, I'm just – I mean I'm just a pure – like – I there's no obviously I'm not hating if you know but I'm just not a fan to me I'm not going to play a pre-made mashup I don't like playing pre-made mashups because I can just do it myself and it's more fun to do it live to me so like you know so so if I, I do mash stuff up I play mostly originals um, I have a couple really good edits, like from like shout out to where and stuff like that it has like the acapella outs and acapella ins and things mm-hmm. like that that kind of are super useful. I made a couple of my own that are super useful. And then I have like, you know, cr- deep crates full of like instrumentals and acapellas and stuff that I can pull from to do different routines, um, and like make different mashups and kind of have fun with it. But for, um, but generally speaking, even doing that stuff, like it's all original. Like I'm not a big fan of redrums. Like most of them, like with the heavy 808s on top, like, right. I just don't like, I kind of think it, it kills the song. Like even like... Ain't no mountain high enough, you know. Most people play, you know, don't like it. They're like, oh, I got, you know, I, I got this X mix with like a beat behind it. It's, I, I'm just not a fan. Like, ain't no mountain. High, you, you, I scratch it in on the snare every time, da, doom 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 yeah. doom, and go and it works. It's a, I played the original song, like I just like. I'm a, I'm more of a purist in that manner. Now when I do clubs, it's a whole nother. I'll drop bomb. 100%, uh, d- d- yeah. d- 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 my club folders are completely different, but for weddings, I like to stay true for the most part, and I like to do all the mixing and mashing up myself
1: because it's just it's yeah. a great ass time. No, I think that's important too because I. know you know when you start to play those remixes that have a long intro or an extended intro where it starts to like tease in the lyrics a little bit too yeah i mean you'll get looks and you'll lose people on the dance floor because people they they know the songs they want to sing the songs how they know them you know and they don't want um want those remixes in most cases you know Exactly. It's like weird. Huge. Well, Nick, I really appreciate your time. I know you got to head out. Um, I think we talked about some awesome stuff. Hopefully we helped some DJs. And I think with the current situation, it's very important for everyone to take advantage of their time and, you know, stack them crates, work on those crates. That's it. So real quick, where can they find you? Um, Social media, YouTube, obviously we plugged your Sellify link and I'll link to everything down below as well. But where's the best place for them to connect? Thank you so much. So um,
0: uh, all social media at DJ Nick Spinelli uh n-i-c-k-s-p-i-n-e-o-i um my youtube is youtube.com slash nick spinelli so definitely check out my youtube i'll be i've been pumping out a bunch of videos there's lots of useful content on there and vlog stuff and dj tips and anything else so i don't know hopefully you find something good there and
1: uh and yeah Awesome. pretty much yeah. sounds good well nick thank you very much appreciate you coming on to the podcast thanks for having me man appreciate it me see you guys in the next one Thank you for
0: listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay
1: tuned for the next Red Max Events audio experience.